We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Field of 68 Media Network presents Red is the New Orange, a Syracuse basketball podcast. Vince intercepts a pass, breakaway for the freshman guard, he flies and slams! Aerial assault from Judah Vince. Looking to go back door to Bell, they get it to a mere corner, three, knocks it down! Chris Bell, the sharpshooter. Bringing you everything you need to know out of the 3-1-5. Up top, Williams searches ahead, up with the right hand and in! A pretty up-and-under move from Benny Williams to beat his man. Over to Taylor. He skips into the lane, puts up a floater, and drops in. Let's get it started with your host, Ian Unsworth and Johnny Gadamowitz. Happy New Year. What's going on? It's another edition of Red is the New Orange. Johnny Gadamowitz, Ian Unsworth with you as always. Hope you enjoyed your New Year's Eve. We sit here recording this Sunday afternoon, so we're getting ready for some December 31st festivities. But whether you were watching the ball drop last night, watching NFL Sunday, or hopefully still beaming off of an exciting Syracuse win over Pittsburgh. We wish you all good fortune in 2024. With that, we welcome you on in. Brand new edition of Red is the New Orange. First edition of 2024. Make sure you check us out on Twitter. We're at F68 underscore Cuse. As always, a part of the Field of 68 podcast network. You can go give them a follow as well. All sorts of daily college hoops content. As really everybody's gearing up now for conference play, the rest of the way same can be said for Syracuse in and as far as the final game of 2023 a lot to like for a Syracuse squad that put together a pretty complete performance in the dome on Saturday a little slow in the first half at times maybe running out of gas as Pitt outshot them in the first half but other than that there is nothing to complain about this was a fantastic watch we don't tweet much on our Twitter account other than the episodes just because, I mean, full disclosure, there are so many people that tweet about Syracuse basketball that for us, we don't need to cloud the, the cloud, the space there. There's not something that we're going to say. That's so much more insightful than Mike waters, for example, who's in the building or Pete Moore, who's got every stat or historical fact known to man, right? We don't want to get in the way, but every once in a while, We'll tweet just because there's something we need to say. And, and I think in the middle of the first half, we tweeted, this is the most fun watch of the year. Syracuse and Pitt constantly went back and forth in the first half. Threw punches, made shots. Well, not actually, you know, metaphorical punches. 
Not no no judiments after Christmas literal punches. But there were so many fun moments in this game, whether it was a Benny Dunk. Uh, I mean, some Carlton Carrington with his handle, like he had some really nice dribble moves. But there was so much to like on both sides in the first half. And in the second half, after a couple of big threes off the bench from Pitt, Syracuse puts in the lineup, the lineup that we've been talking about over the past few games of Malik, Quadir, and Benny, along with Judah and JJ. I believe it was the 1630-something mark of the second half. doesn't exactly matter where it is, but in the next minute 30, Syracuse closed a seven-point deficit in the snap of a finger. And it was a Judah three. He got fouled, and then turnover, turnover, Benny dunk, fast break foul for quick. Like, it happened that fast. That lineup comes on the floor with so much energy and so much ability to pressure the basketball on defense that it flips games on its head. And what was Pitt doing while Syracuse made that 7-0 run? Blake Hinson took four threes that had no business going in. The fourth one was from the edge of the block ass. You see how much that lineup confounds teams when it gets on the floor because of its length, because of its aggressiveness, and its energy. Hinson was really held in check as well, only had 11 points on 3 of 12. I think for me, the most exciting and encouraging aspect of this game was the fact that this team proved they can overcome an iffy Judah Mintz performance, right? We spoke about it with Mike earlier in the week, Ian. Judah's only bad game of the year up until this point was Virginia, which is understandable. And I won't go as far to say Judah had a very bad game against Pitt. He didn't. He still found a way to contribute. 12 points on 4 of 10. Didn't get to the line a ton, which is obviously where he likes to make his money. But by no means was this an otherworldly Judah Mintz performance. And this team still found a way to overcome that and find a way to get the win and yet again we told you last time right two straight games with 40 plus bench points for Syracuse 52 52. I mean Claudia Copeland had more points yesterday than the entirety of the Pittsburgh bench combined he put together his most complete game I think not only did he have leading the team in scoring with over 20 points he had nine rebounds four assists couple of steals he shot 13 free throws and that shouldn't fly under the radar either Right, his ability to create off the dribble, get wait. To the actually, line. sorry, Johnny, he made thirteen free throws. He shot 15. fifteen. Correct. Yeah, correct. And I think that's something that you know you really got to key in on. And that look, okay, the Benny thing is nice, obviously, right? If we see it consistently, does he work his way into the starting lineup? Maybe. But whether or not he does is almost irrelevant because no matter who is the five on the court to start, Ian, I don't know how many other teams in the ACC have two or three guys off the bench that they can feel as confident about as rotational pieces as Syracuse does. Whoever those three are, right? Yesterday it was Benny, Quadir, and Malik. That is an enticing six, seven, and eight right there. I don't know if another team in the conference has a better six, seven, and eight than what Syracuse brings to the table. So We'll see, but I think it's just a testament to to what this team can do and, and sort of that revolving door of where the production is coming from. With that lineup in the first half, it kind of got killed by the pick and roll. We talked about this with Mike, too, the big men and how their minutes should be configured. The same sort of thing happened where Naheem McLeod 
stood and was big and didn't really do a whole lot for the first eight, nine minutes. And then Malik came in and Pitt started attacking Syracuse in the high pick and roll just up top. And it created a lot of space in the paint and there were open shooters on the wings. Pitt, I think made four of its first five threes and made five for nine in the first half. Adrian Autry showed his ability to adjust in the second half. SU started backing off with the zone and packing it in so that Pitt was forced to drive and kick. That was a huge adjustment because Pitt, after those hints and misses, went 5 of 13 in the second half and shot under 40% from the field. So that one adjustment, along with some zone thrown in, really threw the Panthers out of whack. And again, it's the same lineup, but that variation in pick-and-roll coverage forced Pitt out of its element. And with Copeland, we're starting to see the scoring. But he is a menace on defense. He is energetic on defense. Malik Brown, we've talked about it over and over and over again, probably leads this team in deflections. Or, you know, like coaches chart that stuff. We've heard about it for years and years now. I think Rick Patino might have been the first to do it uh, when he wasn't calling up, uh, you know, adult entertainers at, at uh, Louisville. But he was charting deflections. Quittier has three steals. Malik has two. Benny, even though no steals, he's got a block and he's got seven rebounds. That sort of energy is contagious. We talked about it last time, and here it is, especially not just when you're playing Niagara and you're up 20 or you're running Oregon out of a random gym in South Dakota. You're playing at home and you're down, and the students aren't there. The energy is from from your bench. Even Naheem McLeod found a way to impact this game. He he only played a couple of minutes, but he had four blocks in the nine minutes that he was on the court, particularly when you consider – We talked about how Pitt had the height advantage, right? We mentioned the Diaz-Graham twins, Federico, Federico. Syracuse was plus one on the glass, right? First half, I think Pitt had nine offensive rebounds going into like the seven or six-minute mark, none for the rest of the first half. Panthers finished the game with 14, which is a perfectly acceptable number considering nine of those came in the first 10 minutes or so of the game. Right. Right. And I think it's important that we recognize what the conversation was going into this game, right? By no means was this a slam dunk win for the Qs, but the ability for them to show up against a team that, you know, on paper, pretty similar makeup to them as far as what the expectations are this year and to go out there and make a statement win in sort of that weird time of the year, as you mentioned, it's big, particularly when you think about what's coming, right? Two of your next three are against Duke and Carolina. If this was a game that didn't go Syracuse's way, you could have some fans getting a little antsy, getting a little worried. But thankfully, that revolving door of really everybody chipping in prevented that from happening. And, you know, we talk about the bench and we talk about the depth. And, you know, I I wanted to bring up this point as well, you know, kind of scouring through Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Saw a lot of reaction yesterday, Ian, of, of people saying things to the effect of, oh, if only Jim Boeheim would have used his bench like this over the past couple of years, what could have been, right? Thank God Autry is willing to dip into some of these reserves. I don't buy that for a second. I think that's just the fact that this year, the roster is that much better. The bench is that much better. They do have options, right? In years past, Uh, I don't know, not to say that there was no talent sitting on the bench in Syracuse teams of years past, 
But I don't think you're getting a similar level of production that these guys this year have been able to provide where there's not that much of a noticeable drop-off. And we've even said that when guys off the bench come in, this team has looked better than the starters. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's the same three dudes that were on the roster last year. Let's put the let's be very clear about this. Chance Westry also. We we haven't talked about him at all, but when he gets back, I mean, you could have a full on line change if we want to talk in hockey terms, where you could go right. five and five. This year, it's the, it's the system that really works for the guys off the bench. Last year, you bring them out there to play the zone and to not really run. I just don't think what Bayheim was doing last year fit Quadir Copeland. And Malik Brown really makes it work anywhere, but didn't fit him as well. Because now he's wreaking havoc instead of standing in the paint for 14, 15 minutes, kind of waiting for the ball to get there. Now he can go out there and actively disrupt the ball, actively get in the faces of centers that move a bit slower than he does, right? Right. So that sort of defensive mindset and that pressure really caters to what Quadir and what Malik and even Judah Mintz, what they like to do, which is get out there and play fast and also get up in someone's face. Judah likes to talk smack. That sort of stuff makes such a big difference when it comes to how your players respond, especially coming off the bench where you know you might get in there for three minutes at a time, you might get in there for 10 minutes at a time, or you might play the whole second half. And let's not forget Benny in that conversation too, right? Everyone will talk about the 15 points, but Benny defensively yesterday was doing what he was supposed to do of, of being a big body that can shut guys down, right? And I think a lot of the attention will go towards his offensive contributions as it should because he put together his best offensive performance of the year. And it, it was a variety of offensive stuff, like mid-range jumper, yep. three dunks, even a, like a cleanup basket, all that sort of stuff. One quote I saw, I can't remember, I think it might have been JJ said that when Benny is relaxed, you get to see his athleticism show and shine and almost take over a game in spurts. And that's what we saw. There was no hesitation. There wasn't the, oh, I missed a shot. I'm coming out. Red Autry let him run. And that's that's kind of what Benny Williams needs now, that he's worked his way back in a good favor. I mean, he said after the game that Coach Autry disciplined him and 
kind of set him straight after you know that those bumps at the beginning of the year. It's working. And everything I, that's I happened for Benny is for headed in the right direction. Right. And, and I think, Ian, we, we got to give him some praise in sort of, you know, having that accountability, right? Because he's always had it. Right. It's, he's always it just had comes it. and goes at times. Right. But you don't see that from a ton of players, I feel like, right? For him to be so upfront and, and for him to be willing to speak and acknowledge that, hey, look, everybody knows it, it didn't go how everyone wanted it to, how I wanted it to, what everyone thought, you know, would kind of be in store for me this year. That that takes a lot to sort of, you know, go out there in front of the reporters, in front of the writers and and acknowledge that. And I think that's something that at least shows you, if nothing else, that mentally he's in the right space, right? Like he, everyone's on the same page. He wants it just as bad as we all want it for him, right? There's no question of desire. There's no question of drive here. And now we'll see, right? That's been the Benny Williams conversation for the entirety of his Syracuse career of, you know, can that consistency develop? Can it be more than just a flash in the pan? And now he's going to have a chance to go prove it. I think he's done enough to to earn the minutes that he's been given here over the course of the past few weeks. Do they continue to increase? They probably should based on the way he's been playing. If this pit game told us anything, where are you at as far as how big of a piece you think he'll wind up being here as, as conference play really gets into the thick of things. After this game, you you can't change it. You can't put him in the starting lineup. You need to keep him exactly where he feels comfortable. If he's very happy coming off the bench and being a part of this, you know, this bench unit that constantly brings the juice and the vibes, keep him there. Let him stay as comfortable as he possibly can on the court. And even though he's heading into a big matchup, Benny's played well against Duke in the past. In freshman year, even though Syracuse got smacked around, he played like, what, 30 minutes and had career highs and points back then, and I think had like six or seven boards. So in a, in a sense, he'll be comfortable, and this won't be a game that knocks him off his rhythm as long as he's allowed to stay in a very comfortable space. So I don't think there's a need to change anything. Uh, right now, you just have to keep an eye on on Bell and Taylor and make sure you have a feel of when they need to come out of the game. Next like opportunity when, comes against Duke. Yeah, like what the, the thing is, when do you need that energy? Is it two minutes into the game? Is, is Duke going to come out there and it's going to be 9-2, like the snap of the finger? You got to get those guys out there. If If Bell hits a couple and he's starting to feel it, you got to leave him out there. And then things get a little interesting. So how does Kyle Cuff factor into this? I, I mean, I think Kyle Cuff is losing minutes rapidly at this point. I think the overarching takeaway is that it can't be a textbook plan. It has to be a feel plan, right? Like no game this year can Red Autry go into it and say, okay, this is what we're doing no matter what. No, there's got to be a level of feel. There's got to be a level of adjustment on the fly, riding the hot hand, things of that nature. And you got to let those guys run like in this and you got yeah. in the second half, if Quadir and Malik and Benny are playing well, don't just don't take them out. Do not take them out. Let them go for as long as they possibly can. Well, Syracuse's first game of 2024, it comes in one of the most historic venues college hoops has to offer Cameron indoor coming up Tuesday night, 9 PM tip before we hit on the blue devils though, let's get a quick word from our friends over at BetMGM. 
As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. It's Syracuse and Duke. It's coming up Tuesday. Some Syracuse fans try to make the case every couple of years that it's a rivalry game. I'm not sold on that. I do know this, though, Ian. It is a pretty big game for a Syracuse squad now that, again, we mentioned earlier, all ACC opponents the rest of the way. And a Duke team that, you know, chatting off the air before we hopped on to record this, I use the words, has been playing angry. And I think that fits the narrative well ever since uh, early December loss to Georgia Tech on the road on December the 2nd. Haven't lost a game since. Right now they check in mid-teens in the AP poll, number 16 to be exact. Um, this is a Duke team that, you know, eight and three, still figuring it out a little bit, if you want to call it that. But at the end of the day, uh, a potent squad that checks a lot of boxes. And there's a reason year in, year out, Ian, they're towards the top of the conference. That's talent. You got five stars coming back and you're bringing five stars in. John Shire has got it made, both from a personnel standpoint and a recruiting standpoint. And by the way, you've got some of the best facilities and one of the nicest campuses in the country. There's a lot to like. Numbers really like Duke, too. Ken Baum has him top 10 in the country in offensive efficiency and top 30 in the country in defensive efficiency. And it's not like they're playing the Sisters of the Poor. They got Arizona, barely lost to them at home, beat Michigan State. Uh, yeah, Michigan State's getting a lot better. Lost on the road to Arkansas. And the, the big win over this, this these past four games is Baylor in MSG, which it, which was a very big Duke crowd. Yes, a lot of the Duke kids probably moved to New York City, get those finance jobs after college. You know how that works. But 178 to 70 and controlled the majority, if not all of the second half. Um, so I mean, that's a good Baylor team too. Really good guards, a guard-centric Baylor team, which I think we can agree Syracuse is too. So I'd hope Coach Autry is watching a little bit of that film and trying to see how they can adjust. Um, so a couple names we probably know already, Kyle Filipowski, it, everyone knows what he's going to do. He'll get in the post. He'll just feast on mismatches. If Syracuse switches the pick and roll and he's trying to step out and shoot the three a little more. I think if he shoots the three against Syracuse, that's a win for the orange defensively. Just keep him out of the paint. He can like, just like Hinson Hinson shot as many threes as he wanted. Didn't go in. 
if Kyle Filipowski beats you by making five, six threes, he did it in the Dome last year, but the entire team was on last year when Duke came to the 3-1-5. Proctor is back, Tyrese Proctor. Um, he's working off an ankle injury. He played, I think, 18 minutes against Queens, and, you know, he was all right. But the thing that is good news for SU fans, all right, Proctor didn't start, came off the bench against Queens. Good news for Syracuse fans is Proctor is probably their best defender. Last year, Proctor put JG3 in a lockbox. Yes, he did. Gerard had no air whatsoever. So you think if Proctor is still maybe not 100% coming off the bench, Judah Mintz has a little bit more room to breathe. Right. That's really important. You need Judah to get going in this game early. He needs to get to the line, put a couple of Duke players on the bench and force some of these younger freshmen to get in early and play some uncomfortable minutes. Yeah, I think this is one of those games, Ian, where from a Syracuse standpoint, you want to make Filipowski play defense, yeah. right? I think the more you get him to commit on the defensive end and just work him and, and wear him down and try to really put his focus on the defensive end so that when Duke has the ball in their hands, he's not the guy who's demanding the ball in the post every single time up the court because he just had to give it everything he had to try to contain Malik Brown on the other end, right? So some people might hear that and raise their eyebrows and say, oh boy, this guy's seven feet. I'm not sure he's the guy you want to be attacking when you have the ball in your hands. I say go for it. Why not? Because the more you get him to exhaust defensively, hopefully the less he brings to the table offensively. That's why I'm really keying in on Malik Brown. Um, you know, we saw obviously with McLeod against Pitt only played the nine minutes and a big reason for that was because all those Pitt bigs, the Diaz-Graham twins can step outside and shoot the three. Same narrative with Filipowski, right? So wouldn't shock me at all if this is another big Malik Brown game. I'm also interested to see how JJ puts together a Duke performance, right? You talk about last time out against Pitt, didn't necessarily have his fingerprints all over that one. And we've documented sort of his ups and downs. And we talked with Mike about the emergence of a second scorer, only had nine against the Panthers. So if Proctor is able to put the clamps on Judah, and this is another Judah game where he's in that 12 to 15 point range rather than 17 to 20 point range, where else is that offense, particularly in the backcourt, coming from? Um, so I think Starling is definitely someone I'll be keying in on, too. J.J. and Notre Dame played actually really a really close game against Duke last year. So he won't be scared. He won't be phased in a bigger moment. Syracuse also has to keep an eye on Jared McCain, a freshman, one of the best guards in the class of 2023. And McCain's starting to find his stride. Double figures over the past four games including 21 against Baylor on 7 of 11 from the field, and then 24 against Queens. He started every game. John Shire really trusts him, but over the first few few weeks, he didn't have his shot. Uh, he looked, you know, it, freshman growing pains. They happen. But McCain is now a very comfortable and, and very aggressive third scorer. He won't be the main ball handler, but if Syracuse is doing a lot of switching or scrambling off a of pick and roll, McCain can really hurt you on the second or third side of the floor. So I don't know who will guard him. That's probably a, that's a Taylor Bell responsibility at the beginning and then see how it all shakes out once the Orange get the backups on the floor. But if, if Syracuse, like, again, 
Remember Dariq Whitehead last year? Yep. He he hit about two, three threes in the first half in transition and just blew the game wide open. McCain could be that same sort of guy. They both they both wear number zero. Um, no no significance whatsoever. But you know, same sort of thing where he could be the the guy that you know he slides below the radar at first because Duke's got big names. But yeah, he'll stick a knife in you. I think a hot start is going to be key, right? Don't let Duke get hot early. If you're Syracuse, you need a strong start. You need to keep it within 10, I'd say, in that first half, right? Get to halftime, be staring a single-digit deficit in the face, and then you see what you can do in the second half. And Adrian Autry makes his ample adjustments as he's done time and time again this year. We did tell you earlier that Duke was 16 in the AP poll. They are ninth on Ken Palm as it stands right now. Uh, they're also ninth in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency too. So it's a Blue Devil squad that can put the ball in the hoop. And Ian, maybe the biggest test for the Syracuse defense yet this year? Yeah, Gonzaga, Tennessee, both played really different styles, but this is where you really are ready to test the medal. What did, we, what did I say at the beginning of the year? I don't care about Maui. I don't care how it goes. Once you get to conference play and you've got your, you've got your ducks in a row, this, this is where the rubber hits the road. And Ken Palm is Duke winning by 14. I would hope it's a bit lower than that. But even if Syracuse goes in there, keeps it somewhat close, loses by 9-10, I'm not disappointed. All I want is a close game. I don't need Syracuse to win by 15 or – I don't need an Elijah Hughes buzzer beater or to take downs. Like, I just want the game to be really competitive for a good 30, 35 minutes. And again, it shows that this team is making strides because they haven't done it on the road yet. They've done it in a neutral venue. They did it at Georgetown. But again, how good is Georgetown? They haven't done it on the road road. And this is much more hostile than anything Georgetown could put together. And you will be in the building. Too. Yes, I so will. Hopefully Syracuse gives you a close enough game to keep your butt in the chair until that final horn sounds. The only team to go to Cameron Indoor this year and walk away with a victory, that was Arizona earlier on in the year. Syracuse will try to become the second team to join that list. As we said, this is red. Red, red is the new orange. Happy New Year. Enjoy the game this week. He's Ian. I'm Johnny. Give us a follow on Twitter at I-U-N-Z-Y underscore. That's where Ian's at. I'm at Johnny G. Witch, J-O-H-N-N-Y-G-W-I-T-Z. It's Syracuse and Duke. It's coming up 9 o'clock Tuesday. Does bear mentioning a little bit of a later tip than us on the East Coast are used to, but it will be a 9 p.m. tip all the same between the Orange and the Blue Devils. Enjoy the game. Have a great 2024. We'll talk to you at the end of the week when we recap the Orange and the Blue Devils. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.